Hello. I am so excited to be back with all of you again to get back into the swing of running my business and the direction that I want to go with that and recording this podcast that I have for you today. My kids are back in school. We started on August 1st, and that might seem early for a lot of you, but we did get two months off and we have longer breaks during the school year. So I actually prefer it that way. I like the the breakup of, of the time off. I think it's been really beneficial for, for our family, but had a great summer and a great break of taking time for me, time with my kids and with my husband. He and I both got to travel to Europe together for a few weeks, and that was amazing while my kids were spending time with grandparents that they just really loved and enjoyed that as well. And like I said, I got to spend some time for myself, some self-care that I didn't realize at the time I was needing so much of. I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite as I teach my clients the importance of establishing a relationship with yourself and the self-care that you give to yourself is very vital and important. And yet I was neglecting that for myself, not completely, but in the ways that I needed it. And that didn't become present to me until I took that time off for myself. That was hard for me to do and to come away and take a break from thinking of ways to serve and to help my clients. Um, but I'm so glad that I did because I was given a great perspective um, that I'm going to share with you today something that has been brought to my attention to help me through my continuous healing journey through trauma um, from experiences in my life. And I'm really excited to share this with you. I know that it will be beneficial to so many of you who find yourselves stuck in this place of trying to recover from something that happened in the past. And so without further ado, let's move forward in this um, amazing episode that I have for you of the real reason why you're still recovering from betrayal trauma. I will address what betrayal trauma is and the symptoms that are related to it and also share the real reason why you're still recovering from it. I will also share with you a more healing approach to dealing with it and how you see trauma, as well as five steps that I take my clients through in helping them to fully heal and recover from it. Now, before I go any further, though, I feel it's important to say that if you've never seen a therapist and find yourself consistently in the trauma symptoms that I'm going to live or you that I'm going to list out for you, um, or that you find yourself triggered by anything that I say or are currently in a consistent abusive relationship, I highly recommend that you meet with a trauma therapist, someone who specializes in doing either rapid resolution therapy or EMDR. I have done both of these and I have found them to be extremely beneficial. As a certified coach and not a licensed therapist, I don't bring clients into my coaching program until after they've um, had the time to spend with a therapist. And what I like to do is I like to meet with you and I'm able to identify the stage of trauma that you might be in. And depending on where you are, I can identify or refer you out to a therapist. Um, if I feel that that would be the best next step for you. And of course you get to ultimately decide what you want to do and also decide if you're ready to move forward into a more healing, um, solution, a permanent healing solution that I offer. Now, when I say permanent I mean that I will guide you through steps and teach you essential tools that you can use throughout your life so that the trauma or um, PTSD symptoms, 
that you keep reliving no longer have power over you or your life. A therapist will help you create a foundation of trust and rational thinking so that you can start functioning normally again. And um, the coaching that I offer is what I like to refer to as the next step where I'm giving you mindset tools that will help you feel in control of you, your emotions, your thoughts, and essentially your life. And even if you have to still be in a relationship with the person who betrayed your trust, having experienced betrayal trauma myself, I will speak um, from some of my experiences as well as the experiences that my clients have been through and what I have found to be most beneficial and healing. I am not a therapist, but I have been through therapy as well as coaching. And what I share with you today is a combination of what um, I have experienced in my own healing journey and an example of what I guide my clients through and helping them heal through their trauma too. Now, in case you're wondering if coaching is necessary after therapy, it might not be for some of you, but at the same time with the tools that I teach, um, I'd like to say that, yes, it absolutely is. And I'm not just saying that because I'm coach and I would love your business. Um, It's not really about getting your business for me. It's about helping as many people as I can who are feeling stuck in this because I understand what that feels like. But I do want to emphasize that coaching is the reason why I became a coach. My experience is that while therapy techniques were extremely useful for me through my healing journey, I still found myself feeling powerless and unable to prevent myself from falling back into the habits that I formed from the symptoms of trauma. And this includes the way that I would react or respond to triggering situations, especially because I've, I've had to remain in contact with my abuser and I was still feeling powerless to their behaviors and the way that it impacted me and the way that I felt. This is why I became a coach and created my coaching program. It's filled with the tools that I've learned and have helped me to never feel powerless again, to remain in control the way that I respond and how I feel and who I want to be. So in today's episode, I will share with you some of those tools that you can begin applying today. So what is betrayal trauma? Um, By definition of the dictionary, it is the result of the violation of a deep attachment where there has been abuse or neglect or an individual who depends on that attachment for their safety and well-being. This type of trauma usually relates to primary attachment figures like a parent, caregiver, or other important relationship from childhood or partnership or marriage. Betrayal trauma differs vastly from other types of trauma because it involves not just the experience of abuse, but also the experience of being betrayed by a key relationship, one that you trusted and relied upon for safety, love, acceptance, and support. So while When we think of betrayal, you might first think of partner betrayal, where a partner has an affair or lies to you about something significant in your relationship, such as money, sexual addiction, pornography, or continuing an emotional connection with another person. Another form of betrayal is also childhood betrayal, where you have an experience that causes you to lose trust with your caregiver typically without even realizing it based on how they react to you in situations um, of which I will share an example of this with you later in the podcast. But one betrayal that isn't often noticed or gets addressed is the betrayal of yourself. And I will share this with you um, and how this comes into play. 
While the sign and symptoms of betrayal trauma may vary depending on the situation and the person, they generally include the same symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. Now, PTSD is a mental health condition that's triggered by an unexpected or unexplained event. Either you've experienced it or you've witnessed it. And these symptoms include intrusive memories, thoughts, or images. These are flashbacks. You're revisiting the past, constantly thinking about it, trying to make sense of it or what happened, or trying to change what happened. And you're trying to prevent what happened again. When your brain finds itself in a place of, I wasn't expecting this to happen, it's trying to make sense of it. This is a normal response for your brain to go into. When you are consistently rehashing the past, rehashing that moment um, and that memory and trying to change it, that is your brain trying to find a way to fix what happened to prevent you from feeling the way that you do again. It's it's a protective mechanism that your brain goes through. Um, You might also experience irrational behavior or moods like easily reactive and anger. You might throw fits that you don't usually throw. You are um, quick um, to quick to anger or irritability. You might have intense feelings of hatred towards the person who betrayed you. You might find yourself the difficulty in sleeping or concentrating. And when it's you might find that it's easier to assume the worst of yourself or that others mean to harm you. You will instantly guard or defend yourself and you're trying to control what's happening around you. Another symptom is you are avoiding, avoiding people, places, things, or have social withdrawal. When you would typically like to engage with people, you will tend to find yourself rather being alone and withdrawing from people. You're going to pull away from anything that reminds you of the situation that you experienced that caused the trauma in the first place. You have a loss of trust in others and in yourself and of who you can trust. Another symptom is excessive feelings of worry, panic, anxiety, and fear. Now, the unique thing about betrayal trauma is that it involves intense feelings of shame associated with the act of being abused or violated. In cases of abuse, you not only suffer from the intense feelings of shame, but also of guilt, self-blame, signs of depression, low self-esteem, and self-worth unexpected mood swings and difficulty regulating your emotions, as well as negative beliefs about yourself and others thinking thoughts like I am unworthy or no one can be trusted, which leads us to the real reason you're still recovering from betrayal trauma. As a society, we are conditioned to believe that what happens behaviors of others, their dishonesty, infidelity, or change in their reaction and behavior is the reason for your hurt, your pain, suffering, or your reaction. Well, yes, you can't expect to have a reaction or an emotion come up when someone you thought you could trust betrays that trust, but their behaviors aren't the reason why you're remaining stuck in suffering. It's the betrayal to yourself that is keeping you stuck in that suffering. Stay with me here, okay? Because blaming the other person doesn't make you feel any better. You find that they're moving on with their lives while you're still suffering from their choices. There's a part of you that's believing it must be your fault that they did it. 
um, or that they did this to you or treated you this way. And when you start to find fault within yourself, you're in a place of also betraying yourself, betraying the truth of who you are um, through the way that you're seeing yourself, the way that you think about yourself, the way you talk to yourself and the way you treat yourself. And I'll show you how this works in just a moment. But first, think of it this way. If you knew without a single doubt that no matter what anyone says or does, says absolutely nothing about you, then you wouldn't internalize so much what they do or say. But you do internalize it because you were taught to do so. There's a part of you that believes that if you were different in some way or made a different choice, then this never would have happened. And this leaves you punishing yourself for another person's behaviors. I'm going to give you some examples of what this looks like. And I'm going to share examples of um, the first one will be from childhood. And the second will be an example from a healthy relationship. And the third from a toxic relationship and how you can, and how you can end up in a place of betraying yourself through these situations. Before I continue, I understand that some of you will have experienced what I'm about to share, and you might find some of this triggering for you. If that's a, if that's the case, it's okay. You can go ahead and fast forward if you like, that's fine. Um, but if you do choose to listen, I recommend that you listen from a place of compassion and curiosity, because what I'm going to share is how betrayal trauma likely started and carried over into um, the way that you experience your life and most especially how you're seeing yourself. And this will be an, uh, important for the next part of this podcast, because understanding where it started and how it's impacting you is what makes healing the trauma possible. All right. So let's continue for those of you who would like to continue. The first example is an example from childhood. So you were born into a family that was hopefully from the start, just very loving and nurturing and taking care of you. Most of us fawn over babies and just love them instantly. So the way that your caregiver or your parent acted was very loving. They said loving things. They told you they loved you. And then as you got older and you got a little mischievous, you started doing things, maybe even saying things that they disapproved of, and you might have experienced them yelling at you. There's the shift and change in their reaction. And you might have experienced in some cases um, throughout your childhood where you're being blamed by their misunderstanding or falsely accused um, based on your understanding and theirs, or you might even experience feeling shamed or they might belittle you in some way. And they might even withhold love and affection when you don't do what they've asked you to do. This kind of reaction from someone that you trusted from the beginning and that you depend on for your safety and well-being, somebody that you felt safe with will leave an emotional scar. You might even pick up on ways to deal with those emotions you are feeling by the way that they react to even your emotions, such as they might say things like grow up, get over it, stop crying. They might put you down or shame you for feeling the way that you do. And what you don't realize at the time as a child, from the perspective of a child, they're coming from a place of, they don't feel comfortable with the way that you feel. And so that's why they're being dismissive with your emotions. 
But all that does is teach you to also dismiss your emotions. And it teaches you how to talk to yourself when you find yourself in that place. You'll start talking to yourself um, internally and creating more belittling statements that fall in line with believing that you're bad for feeling the way that you do, that it's your fault that your parents are upset, that you did something wrong, or that there's something wrong with you. So not only did the safety and trust become questionable in your relationship with your caregivers, and now you're hindering the relationship with how you view yourself, because once you start to believe something, you'll also start seeing your life through the lens of what you are believing. Okay. So let me give you, um, example number two of a healthy relationship. And this is going to look like being with someone that, you know, you can trust confide in, and you believe that you are both equally happy to be together. Only find out that the other person has been hiding something from you, something like an addiction or behavior from drugs, pornography, another relationship, infidelity, spending money, loss of a testimony, or any other secret that they've been withholding for the sake of not wanting to hurt you. And this doesn't have to be necessarily like a partner or marriage relationship. It could also be a close friendship that you experience this in. But the reason why I label this as a healthy relationship is because they aren't blaming you for their choices. They are taking responsibility for their actions and have no desire to manipulate, excuse me, but a little hurt or blame you for as the reason of their actions. They aren't adding to the negative beliefs that you might be telling yourself as to why this happened. And as you try to make sense of it, this does not in any way dismiss or belittle the betrayal that you feel, nor make it better. And you have every right to feel the way that you do. And you'll want to take the time for yourself to heal through it because it's human nature to desire inclusion, acceptance, and a sense of belonging. When a trusted relationship is broken or damaged, you will look elsewhere to find a place of safety or belonging, no matter the cost. This doesn't mean that you're going to go off and, and cheat on them too, or, or treat them in the way that you do. You might, but this can also look like being in denial, um, of what happened. You could be in denial of a toxic relationship situation, for example, where you're telling yourself, well, sometimes they treat me this way. And sometimes they treat me this way. So you're in a place of what's cognitive dissonance, where you're believing, um, two beliefs that are on the spectrum of the other in complete opposition and confusing yourself. You might also start to people, please doing whatever you can to make them happy at your expense, just so that you can feel loved and accepted. Or in some cases you might withdraw altogether, isolating yourself from others, even though you desire connection, but you're de denying yourself this desire as a way of punishing yourself for not being quote unquote good enough or deserving of being loved or for not trusting your own judgment, believing you should have known better or should have seen this coming. Any one of these situations leave you in a place of betraying yourself. You're betraying your ability to make decisions and trusting your own judgment, betraying what you need by dismissing how you truly feel or shaming yourself for feeling this way, denying what you really want because you believe you don't deserve it or that it's not in the cards for you anymore. All the while creating a barrier between what your brain has collected as evidence to be true versus the truth of what your spirit within you knows about you unconsciously you're creating a toxic relationship within yourself 
because you think it's the only way to keep yourself safe from feeling that much pain again. I'm giving you this perspective because I want to help you to see that while the people in your life may have behaved a way that caused you to experience pain and trauma, the way that you're treating and seeing yourself is elongating the suffering and keeping you in the trauma. So here's an example, example number three of a toxic relationship. Again, if you're feeling triggered, you can fast forward. That's fine. But in this example, this is where at first they go out of their way to show up as the most caring and loving and compassionate, understanding, ideal person. But once you're in that relationship with them and you're fully committed to them, the way that they treat you starts to change. You might find that they start to take control over every aspect of your life and then blame you for anything that doesn't go right, causing you to question your reality, which is called gaslighting. They're causing you to believe that it's your fault that it happened this way. You might experience situations where they're making demands of you. And if you don't comply, they might threaten you. They'll pull you away from family and friends. Not only have they betrayed your trust in who you thought that they were, they're also conditioning you to believe that they are the only person you can trust. They might give you rules and conditions, expectations with sex and guilt trip you if you don't um, comply. Things like, or saying things like, you don't really love me. This is my love language. And if you don't meet it, then clearly you don't care about me. Those kind of things. And if they cheat on you, they will blame you for the reason why they cheated, never taking ownership of their own choices and leaving you feeling worthless and unworthy of any kind of love, hating yourself and hating your life. You are scared to leave the relationship because you don't trust yourself to make the right decision. You'll find yourself making excuses for them because you want to believe the best of them. You've seen it before and you're hoping that they change. And you're giving them multiple chances to, but nothing changes. Anytime you point out something that they do that you disagree with, they will turn it back on you and tell you that you're overreacting or that you're too sensitive. You believe them because they've conditioned you to, and because it's likely in line with what you're already believing about yourself. When you are in this place, you believe your happiness is dependent on them being happy with you. So you'll do anything you can to make them happy to prevent their outbursts, constantly living in fear of what they might do or say next, how they might respond. When they respond poorly, you will blame yourself, believing you should have known better or done it differently, judging, shaming, and punishing yourself. In a toxic relationship, you learn that it's easier to believe that you are to blame because it's much harder to accept that you aren't when the evidence of what you're living through shows you you are. This kind of thinking of seeing your experiences as evidence to what's wrong with you can create toxic habitual thinking patterns that lead you to always blaming yourself whenever you do something quote unquote wrong, even after you've left the toxic relationship, thought patterns that lead you to beating yourself up out of habit. Anytime you find yourself using the words should or shouldn't in a sentence, like I shouldn't feel this way. I should be over this by now. I should be or do better. You are in self-judgment, sabotaging yourself and struggling to change your thought patterns because you've already collected enough evidence through your experiences to prove those thoughts to be true, making it difficult to fully heal from them. 
This is why I like to help my clients learn to heal and repair the relationship that they have within themselves. Doing so breaks down that barrier between your brain and your spirit, giving your spirit the opportunity to speak up, to share the truth of who you really are and giving you awareness of what you're thinking, what you're believing so that your spirit can be allowed to not only offer you a new perspective of what's true, but also help you mend and heal what feels broken within you. To do this, I believe the first step to address is the trauma by giving you a new way to view it that doesn't feel so paralyzing or labeling. I like to identify recovery from trauma like a recovery from sickness, injury, or surgery. The difference is we aren't as patient or compassionate with ourselves when we're in trauma as we would towards ourselves if we were recovering from injury, sickness, or surgery. And the reason for that is because of your mindset about it. When you come out of surgery, you understand why you're suffering. You understand why you're in pain and people tell you it makes sense that you feel this way. You're able to take time to heal it. You might see a physical therapist to help your body learn to adjust to what happened, similar to a trauma therapist. And you'll work with this new injury. You understand that you can't wish it away or pretend it different or sorry, pretend that it didn't happen. You know that doing so will only cause you to be in more pain, elongating your suffering. You also don't dismiss what happened. You don't pretend that it didn't happen. It might even leave a physical scar that you and others can see, which becomes a story in your life. Now I'll admit that sometimes when I'm sick and I know my body is sick, I'm not feeling well yet. I will remain in denial. <laughs> I will keep pushing through, make myself keep pushing through and denying that I'm even sick, which only makes things worse. My sickness lasts longer and it takes more time for me to heal and recover. The more you reject or dismiss the truth of how you feel and what your body needs, the longer it takes to heal it. However, the times when I approach myself with understanding and self-care showing patience and love and compassion with myself. I'm not trying to rush through feeling better. It gives me the best opportunity to heal and fully recover. This is the same with trauma. Trauma is an emotional injury created from experiencing something that was unexpected. And it includes a change in the way that someone treats you verbally, physically, or emotionally, including the way you treat yourself. And just like everyone experiences being sick, everyone experiences some kind of form of trauma in their life too. Seeing trauma from this perspective can help you to normalize it, normalizing how you feel and why you're responding or reacting in this way so that you can recognize when you're in a state of trauma, instead of just thinking that you've gone crazy. When you can recognize that you're in trauma, it gives you an opportunity to respond differently, knowing that this isn't the time to put up your guards, to place judgment or to get defensive, but a time to really listen to what your body's needing right now to show up with love and care for yourself. In my coaching program called always enough, I take my clients through a series of modules that not only teach them the skills for developing new thought patterns but they also learn the most essential skill needing uh, needed for healing and changing how they respond. And that is the skill of applying self-compassion. This can only happen when you're able to recognize 
where you're at and what you're needing. I like to help my clients become aware of when they're in judgment of themselves and how to create the habit of meeting themselves with compassion. This will look like using phrases of, it makes sense that I'm feeling this way. It makes sense that I'm hurting right now and it's okay. Or it makes sense that this is hard for me. I have never experienced this before. It's okay that I need to rest, to take time for me, some self-care and to process through this. It's okay to be where I'm at right now. The phrase it's okay helps give my clients permission to be where they're at without the shame and the judgment, similar to allowing yourself to feel sick and then take the time to rest. I help my clients learn the skill of fully embracing what they went through with compassion and accepting that it's okay that they need to take time to heal through it. The more that you resist how you're feeling, denying what you went through, the more you prolong your internal suffering. Anytime you suppress your emotions, pretending that you don't feel the way that you do or punishing yourself for feeling that way, pushing it away, it only makes it worse and becomes what is called a trapped emotion, leaving you feeling stuck and constantly reliving the experience and the painful emotions. An emotion that becomes trapped within your body will come out in other ways. This is why the random irrational behaviors, the outbursts, or the struggle to get out of bed in the morning, feeling unmotivated, easily irritated, prone to physical illness, create chronic anxiety for yourself, pains and knots in your stomach, or other areas of your body, consistent headaches, and signs of depression. I'm not going to go into too much detail about trapped emotions right now because Again, my purpose is to share with you um, how to get on the other side of betrayal trauma. But for those of you who are interested in learning more about trapped emotions, there are two books that I recommend reading. The first one is Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. And the second one is The Body Keeps the Score. I don't remember who they're by, but I will leave a link um, to these books in the show notes for you. There's a scripture that I want to share with you found in Doctrine and Covenants, section 50, verses 23 through 24. It reads, And that which doth not edify is not of God and is darkness. That which is of God is light. And he that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light. And that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. I share this with you because when you're in trauma, it is like living in darkness. It is hard to tell the difference between what is real and what isn't. What is truth and what isn't who you can trust and who you can't because your emotions are so strong. You're in confusion. Your mind go, your mind goes cloudy and it starts to make up stories. I know for me, I recall a time when I was driving home from the grocery store and I had noticed that there was a car that had followed me for a good 10, 15 minutes or so getting back home. My mind instantly went to thinking, oh my goodness, my former abuser must be here stalking me and anxiety kicked in right away. And my mind imagined worst case scenario, what might happen next, especially if they led them to my home. So I drove around for another 10 minutes or so out of the way, just to be sure I could get rid of them. And sure enough, they turned into a different neighborhood that wasn't mine, but I thought I was going crazy. When you are in trauma, it's hard to know what to believe. Your mind is telling you stories and the emotions are surfacing that feel so true to you. 
And it's hard to trust yourself because you're mean to yourself. And so you're more inclined to listen to those voices around you. You're scared. You're living in fear, fear of the unknown. And it's easy to give up on simple tasks, difficulty functioning, disconnect from people because you don't know who you can trust. And you'll find yourself feeling isolated, alone, and maybe sometimes lost in your life. What you give awareness to, you will give all of your energy to as well which makes it difficult to break out of the thought patterns of belittling, shaming, judging, or blaming yourself. When you're focused on believing that you are to blame, that you're being treated this way because there's something wrong with you or that you deserve it, then you will continue to see your life unfold as evidence that this is true. Even though the betrayal trauma started from the behaviors of others, I start with working on healing the negative beliefs and thought patterns my clients have about themselves, because when you can heal the way you see and treat yourself, you will also heal from the mistreatment of others. You can't change what you went through, but you can change what you, what your experiences mean about you. When you repair your relationship with yourself, you repair the relationship you have with trauma too. My goal is to create awareness for my clients so that they can see clearly how to get back to the light and truth of who they really are as their inherent self. And I teach this through these five steps. The first step is reestablishing trust with yourself by normalizing and allowing how you feel, becoming self-aware of how your body communicates what you need through your emotions, learning to listen to your body and build a bond that will allow you to feel that you can heal and process through them. Step number two is to become self-aware, aware of your internal dialogue, the way that you talk to or about yourself. I teach my clients how to separate out what's fact and what's thoughts and show them how their thoughts are optional and how they generate the emotions that they have. Step number three is to learn to meet yourself with compassion. This will help desensitize old habits and thought patterns so that you can replace them with new ones. I found it's easier to create lasting change when you can ease into it instead of trying to force it like somebody telling you just think more positively or just be positive. When you learn compassion and the way that you speak to yourself and about yourself, you learn compassion in the way that you talk to yourself, similar to the way you talk to someone that you love, your best friend. Compassion is the practice of patience, kindness, being gentle in your words, how you talk to yourself, your actions, the way you treat yourself and your thoughts, the way that you think about yourself, which all enables self-love. And step number four is forgiveness. Learning to forgive yourself for allowing what happened, for not knowing what you didn't know now and for not understanding. Forgiving yourself first the way that you treat and talk to yourself from these experiences so that you can forgive what happened. So you can forgive the abuser, no longer carrying the weight of their choices, their mistakes, their words, their actions, their behaviors, and learning to accept what happened, accepting that you are not to blame for it. And the last step, step number five, increased confidence. You will develop an increase of confidence because you'll learn how to trust yourself and see yourself in your life differently. 
You'll do this through feelings of gratitude for what you've been through and for what you do know now. And you'll know how to set boundaries that serve you best. And you'll identify that your agency is found in how you choose to experience your circumstance and what you choose to believe about you. And will no longer be afraid of feeling the emotions that come up for you and remaining stuck in them. You will learn how to love yourself through your life, increasing the connection with your inner spirit and with Christ and live into your highest self. As I have guided my clients through these steps, I have been privileged to witness their lives change. The work that I help my clients do is transformational. I have watched clients come to me from places of fear, self-doubt, self-sabotaging, low self-esteem to leaving my program, feeling more confident, courageous, and healed all without changing their circumstances or waiting for the people in their lives to change. They've been able to do this because they have learned how to see the truth of who they are, their inherent self. They have learned how to listen more with their hearts instead of believing everything in their minds so that they can live in the present moment, instead of reliving the past, you can experience this too. And I want to invite you to learn more about working with me by going to my website at alishahallcoaching.com and sign up for a free coaching session with me. I would love to share with you what the, what work that I do and what I can do for you and let you decide if what I have to offer is the next step for you in your healing journey. You can't change what happened to you or what you experienced, but you can change how you choose to see it and what you choose to believe about you. And if there's anything that you could choose to believe, I hope that you would choose to believe that you are always enough. 